Good morning. I'd like to give you a very, very warm welcome to our service. It's great to have you with us. I'm afraid I've got quite a few notices that I'd like to uh, get through at the beginning. Um, so firstly, there is a, a coronation sort of picnic after uh, the service this morning. So I think we might be in the hall, not totally sure, but uh, do stay. Uh, if you're a visitor especially, you're very welcome to stay with us, um, but enjoy some fellowship together. So that'll be after the service out there. Also, Saturday the 13th of May, we've got a men's golf day, so we've got flyers out there. Uh, be really good if you could book as soon as possible if you haven't. So um, maybe even by today would be grand. So that's the men's golf day on Saturday the 13th. Then we've got the women's curry night on the uh, 16th. Tuesday the 16th, again there's flyers. If you're not sure of any details, find a flyer or come and speak to one of us and we can either give you details or send you in the right direction of someone who can help you. Uh, so Tuesday the 16th, please do again sign up ASAP. If you can go to that, it'd be great to have as many go to that as possible. And then finally, Spring Bible Weekend. Um, so that's the 20th and 21st, so not this coming weekend, but the one after that. Two weeks time is our Spring Bible Weekend for the children. Um, so the Saturday is a sort of fun day of bounce castles, fun and games, uh, Bible talks for the children. And then on the Sunday, so Sunday the 21st, the service is at 10.30. So just to make you aware of that, two weeks time, if you turn up at 11.15, you'll be sort of halfway through one of the, a message potentially. So uh, 10.30 in two weeks time, we're trying to send out a reminder as well for that. If you can help with Spring Bible Weekend, um, many of you have said you can, but if you haven't and you'd like to, they'd love as much help as possible, so do speak to them uh, today. There's also a planning meeting this Wednesday. So on Wednesday the 10th, there's a planning meeting for anyone involved. Um, so if you sort of, you want to be involved, you're not quite sure what you're doing, if you can come to the meeting on Wednesday, do. If you can't make it, maybe speak to John or Steph and they'll give you all the info you need. There's also home groups this Thursday. Um, so we're taking a bit of a break from Nehemiah this morning uh, because of the, the coronation. So uh, the, the title this morning is The Two Crowns of Jesus. So looking forward to that from our, our Pastor John. Uh, but home groups on Thursday will be looking at Nehemiah 5 and actually anticipating a little bit the Sunday, starting to build towards that. So home groups this Thursday. And then one final thing. Uh, some good news is that we've got the baptism of Ella Watts on the 4th of June. So really looking forward to that. So the 4th of June, we've got the baptism of Ella Watts. Finally as well, uh, John is uh, sharing a message today and uh, it will be in two parts. Um, so to help us take it in a little bit more. The other change for today is that the children's talk is after the first song. So children... After the first song, if you come up the front, a bit different to normal. Well, I don't think I've ever had to give so many notices and so many dates before, so sorry if that's bamboozled you, but um, do come and speak to us if you're unsure or have any questions about any of that. Well, let's pray as we properly start our meeting this morning. Father God, we thank you for another Sunday. Lord, we thank you for the joy of coming to meet together Lord, we thank you that we can pray to you now and ask for your help. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with us. I pray that it'd be a special service, that you'd be with John as he speaks. And that as we think about the two crowns of Jesus, 
Lord, that it would really impact us this morning. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be in the right place to come before you this morning and to worship you. Lord, help us now as well as we sing. Help us to praise, not just with our mouths, but with our hearts and our whole being. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to praise now the great king, the king of kings. This song, in fact, calls him the matchless king. So we're going to sing, crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon the throne.
Right, good. Good morning. Nice to see you all. Was it a big weekend this weekend? Anything massive happened? What happened this weekend? The King's Coronation. How many of you watched it? Yeah? Brilliant. Yeah, I sat and watched it too. Was there a favourite part? Favourite part? Yeah, all, all their clothing and what they dressed in. Anyone fancy being the king? You do? You fancy being the king, do you? Well, well, I thought we'd have a look at the king's coronation today. So we've, um, we've got a throne. We've got a throne here, okay. We've got a pad. Some people had to kneel before the king, didn't they? And there's lots of nodding and courtesy on. So we're going to put this down here. Anyone fancy being the king? Anyone here want to come and be the king or the queen? Yeah? What do you reckon? So, we've got our £6.2 billion crown. I think that's what the value was, or one ninety-nine from Lidl's. What do you reckon? Who wants to come and be the crown and wear this one? Eh? Oh, only a few of you. So, if Annie came up to be the... No, no, oh no. If, if Annie came up, would you lot come and kneel before her? <laughs> oh. So hands up now, who would want to be the king or the queen? A few more hands go up, do you think? Well, I actually think probably you all would like to be the king and the queen. So we've got you all a crown to wear, yeah? Do you think they're all going to fit? No, not for Harvey, they're not. Hey, Not for Harvey. You girls can... Oh, that was coming apart. You girls can put your own on, Yeah. Now, you older ones, I didn't think would probably wear one, but I thought if I put some sweets on the front of it, you'd probably go for it. That's broken as well, is it? Do you want one? No? Boom. I'm, I'm not very good when it comes to making things with, uh, with our... Are we? Oh, hello. It's nice of you to come and join us. I wonder if anyone was late yesterday. How many more we got? There we are. There's one for you. Brilliant. Yeah? So, now why have I given you all a crown? Because actually, I think you all want to be in charge in your life. Okay? I don't think you want to kneel down in front of anyone. I think you are happy being in control of your own life. So, but that's worrying because there is a king who is coming. There's a king who is coming, and we read about it in 1 Timothy. In 1 Timothy, okay? Thank you. So we've got a king who is coming. Does anyone want to read out this verse? You can have a go. Nice and loud. So we've got the king of kings. Who do we think that might be? Who do we think is the king of kings? Jesus, yeah, Jesus is the king of kings. So we have had, in this country, we have had 54 kings and 8 queens. So we've had 62 in total. If we go to America, I think they've had 46 presidents. So that's lots of kings and queens and presidents. But Jesus is the king of kings. He's over every single king and every single queen and every single president and every single prime minister that there has ever been. He is 
the King of Kings. Now, when Jesus was alive on this earth, he told a story. And this story was about a noble, a prince, who had to go off and to get his kingdom. He had to go and be crowned. And some people, some people sent a message to him saying, we do not want you to reign over us. We don't want anything to do with you. Thinking maybe that he wouldn't come back. Now, the worrying thing for them in this story was he did come back. And when he came back, do you think he was very happy? No, he wasn't. He was very unhappy. And he punished all those people that didn't want him to be their king. Now, just before this verse, just before this verse, we've got this. Does someone want to read out that part? So, the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. And he's going to be looking for all those people that looked to him as their leader, as their king, and they served and followed him. So, in our life, now, we want to bow down before him and serve him. Because when he comes again, all those people that haven't bowed down, all those people that haven't served him, he will punish. So under your sweets, you'll find it says, Jesus is the King of Kings. So you might have accepted a crown for the sweets, because that's what you wanted. But really, you want a crown that says, Jesus is the King of Kings. And I think John's going to talk a little bit more about that later. Well done. We'll go back to our, our seats. Well, we're going to join together and pray now. So let's come before God and pray. Lord God, we thank you that we can pray to you now. Lord, we, we thank you that we can pray to you, the God who kings pray to you. Lord, the King of kings. Lord, I pray that you give us a sense of awe and wonder. Lord, so often we can come so casually so, so quickly without thinking. Lord, I pray that we'd have a sense of the, just how special it is that we can come and pray to you this morning through Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for all that he did for us to enable us to come boldly before your throne of grace. Lord, I pray that our hearts be full of praise to him this morning. Lord, ultimately, Lord, we pray that we'd go away from here praising you, the King of Kings, this morning. Lord, we do pray for our King. Lord, we thank you so much for yesterday. Lord, we thank you for how things went so smoothly and well. And Lord, we do pray for our King as we're instructed to do. Lord, we pray that you would give him great wisdom, that you'd give him great help, that you would guide him. Lord, that he would help bring stability and peace to our nation. Lord, we pray that you would bring peace into his family. Lord, we pray that you would show yourself powerfully to him. 
Lord, that even as king, Lord, that he would follow you and bow down to you alone. Lord, we know that one of the verses that's come up before royal ceremonies is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, that's what Jesus said to us. And Lord, as he is the head of the Church of England, Lord, I pray that he would really know that. And that he would hold fast to that. That Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, I pray that he would know that, and I pray that many around this nation would know that. Lord, I pray that many of us here this morning would know that. And Lord, we thank you so much that a big part of the service yesterday was about service. was about the fact that he's keen to serve others and to follow Jesus in that. Lord, we thank you that we were pointed to Jesus. As he said, that even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life. Lord, it does point us to the great servant king. And Lord, we thank you that that was proclaimed. Lord, I pray that you'd help him to follow Jesus' example. Lord, we know that naturally many people, when we have power, Lord, serving others is certainly not what comes naturally. And Lord, for those of us who are here tonight, God willing, Lord, we'll see that very forcefully. So often people abuse power. And Lord, I pray that you would help him to use it wisely and use it well. And that you would bless him and all those who advise him and help him. Lord, we thank you that one of the things that was announced in the service yesterday was that Christ is risen. Oh, Lord, we thank you for that, the difference that makes. Lord, we know that without that, Christianity falls. But Lord, with that, Lord, we see that Jesus is the Son of God. And Lord, I pray that we would celebrate that Jesus is risen. Lord, it's not Easter anymore, but the truth still holds. And we thank you for that. Lord, we also thank you for what was said about the Bible. Lord, that it was said, here is wisdom. And it was announced that here is the most valuable thing the world has to offer. Lord, I pray that people will be intrigued by that. Lord, I pray that those of us here would understand that, maybe even for the first time. There is nothing more valuable than your word. Lord, it reveals you to us. Lord, it also reveals what we're like. Lord, I pray that through that, Lord, that people will find eternal life. Lord, we thank you that your word was read yesterday as well. Lord, we thank you that sections of Colossians were read, among other passages. Lord, what a passage to to share of who you are. And Lord, I pray that as as your word goes out, Lord, we know it's powerful. And so, Lord, I pray that as people hear that, Lord, that you will work. That by your spirit, you'll make people know more of who you are. That you'd reveal yourself to them. That they may have a a face-to-face encounter with you. So, Lord, we thank you for yesterday and we do pray for our King. Lord, we thank you for the baptisms we had as well recently. And for the fact that you are at work in people's lives. And Lord, we thank you that, God willing, we've got another baptism coming up soon, less than a month. Lord, we look forward to that. We pray that you'd be with Ella as she looks forward to it. Lord, it's a big day. Lord, I pray that you bless her. Thank you that so many of us who have been through it can testify that you are so good to us at that time. And you help us and strengthen us through that. Lord, I pray that you'd do that for her and it may be a really blessed time for her. 
Lord, I bring before you Tim Otway as well, as he has his hip operation this week, pretty um, unexpectedly. Lord, we thank you for him. We pray that you bless him through this time, as it's uh, undoubtedly going to be a bit difficult for them. Lord, we just thank you so much for the blessing him and Jackie have been to the church already, and the way they've helped so many of us in a relatively short time. Lord, we praise you for what you've done in his life and for the blessing uh, that they've been. Lord, we bring John, our pastor, before you as well. Lord, we thank you for him, for the way he leads. Lord, for the way he preaches to us and teaches, for the way he seeks to guard us as a church against spiritual attacks and false teaching, for the way he counsels and helps people, Lord, for the many things he deals with privately that maybe others are not aware of. Lord, we pray that you would bless him and help him in his role. Lord, that the devil would not get a foothold in him, but you would protect him. Lord, thank you so much for the many, many years that you've helped him and strengthened him already and for the huge blessing that he's been to us. Lord, do help him this morning as he speaks to us. Lord, bless him in that, I pray. And Lord, as well, lastly, we just bring before you Lord, the different events coming up. Lord, the curry night, the golf, the spring Bible weekend. Lord, all these things. Lord, we pray that people would come. Lord, we long for people to come and hear the good news. And Lord, above all, Lord, we pray that your hand would be on those situations. Lord, we know that we can plan, we can do what we can. But Lord, ultimately, Lord, if there's going to be any eternal good, Lord, we need you to work. So Lord, I pray that your hand would be on those times, that you bless those involved, and that as we serve you uh, in leading those things, Lord, that it be a real blessing to us. So Lord, we bring all these things before you with confidence, knowing that you hear and answer prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to have uh, three short readings now. Uh, that John's going to speak on later. And it's lovely to have Noah with us today. So Noah's kindly agreed to come up and read those passages for us. So the first of the readings this morning is Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. That's on page 980, if you've got a church Bible. So Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, our Father. Our second reading is from Mark 15, verses 16 to 20, and that's on page 852. Mark 15, verses 16 to 20. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is the governor's headquarters, 
And they called together the whole battalion, and they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. And they were striking his head with a reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak, and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. And the third reading then is from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5 to 9, and that's on page 1001. Hebrews 2, verses 5 to 9. Now it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honour, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and in honour because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Lovely, thank you Noah. So before John comes and speaks to us, we're going to sing a couple of songs. Uh, the first one's a short one, so we'll sing that through twice. And just to explain a little bit about the second one, it's not massively well known, I don't think, but uh, the tune is very well known. And would it be possible to have the, um, the chorus up? Because there are, there are parts in this as well. So as you can see, the females uh, ask the question and the males respond um, so that's the, the chorus, everything else we sing together. So, thank you, John.
So yesterday we had the coronation and uh, the word talks of the act of crowning a sovereign. So we're thinking of crowns this weekend. We'll be thinking of crowns. The children will be thinking of crowns already. And yesterday two crowns were used for the king. As you will know if you watch the proceedings. There was the St Edward's crown, that heavy crown, wore for a while. And then the imperial state crown. As you saw it as it was shown or you've seen it on the highlights. And this weekend we're grateful for good leadership. We pray and have prayed this morning for our king. And the imagery of kingship is used of Jesus. A ruler, a leader, a person of honour and influence. Uh, The head of a kingdom, albeit not a kingdom with land borders. And as we heard, he is called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And two different crowns are given to him as well, or or talked of as being given to him in the Bible. They're very different. Uh, They both convey a lot. They convey a lot of what you and I need to know about Jesus. They reveal about him and our reaction, what it should be to him. And this morning, I've decided then to break my message into two parts. One part on each crown, or the things that are linked with that crown, and we'll have a song in between. So first, we're going to be thinking this morning of the crown of suffering. The crown of suffering. And it is, as many of you know, the crown of thorns. The crown of thorns. And we're in Mark chapter 15 for this. Jesus has been arrested. There's been the sort of sham trial before the Jewish leaders. Uh, Crucifixion requires Roman authorisation. So he's been quizzed by Pilate, the Roman governor. And then he's been delivered now to go to the cross. And before he goes to the cross, uh, a battalion of soldiers decides to have some fun. The whole scene is is kingly in a way, but it's a scene of, of, of mockery, of poking fun, of humiliation. There is uh, a mock robe in the passage that we read, verse 17 of Mark 15. And they clothed him in a purple cloak. A king should have a robe. Yesterday, uh, King Charles had the robe of state on the way in. And you might remember that during the ceremony, he was then clothed with the imperial robe, that is a a golden robe, as part of the coronation. But here Jesus is given a a mock robe of purple as a laughing stock. He is given a mock crown, carries on in verse 17 in this Seen and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. Not of little prickles, but of big ones. 
Charles may have winced slightly under the weight of the crown that was put on him. It is quite heavy. But he wasn't pierced by spikes. A long time ago when I was doing a, a talk in Beacon uh, to years seven and eight, I was running a little group, I was in the sixth form, I was doing a talk about the sufferings of Jesus and as I was planning it, I was walking along um, Old Lane in Crowborough and there on the verge, uh, on the grass verge, there was just a big bush of cut up thorns. So I, I made a, a little crown to show uh, the, the young people at that stage I've got it here. Still stayed intact many years later. I know you haven't got a close-up of it, but these are pretty nasty thorns. What a thing to wear. I've never put it on anyone. I've only obviously worn it. And, and, and the thorns of the, the Middle East were... Most of them are pretty big thorns, so I think this is just a, a small comparison to what would have put, been put on Jesus' head. Very painful, very painful, and uh, just an object of mockery so that they could laugh even more at the scene. There was mock adoration it carries on in verse 18. And they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews. Uh, yesterday, many confirmed their allegiance to the new king. And many would have sung the national anthem, which confirming that attitude and spirit. Here, Jesus, they're just mocking by giving some sense of adoration and praise to him. There was also a mock scepter. Yesterday, two scepters were used, the sovereign scepter and the rod of equity and mercy. Some people heard a bit more about that at, at uh, First Tuesday this week. Jesus, what was he given? A reed rod. And instead of being given to him, really, they used it as something to hit him with. Verse 19, and they were striking his head with a reed. And there were mock bows. People bow before a king. Verse 19, kneeling down in homage to him and spitting on him and kneeling down in homage to him. Imagine the outrage if yesterday they'd picked up the scepter and started whacking King Charles with it. Imagine that some of the bishops around leant forward and spat in his face. Imagine that they were just laughing at this king figure on the throne. Yet this is what happens in Mark 15. They're showing their rejection of him. And maybe it points to our rejection of him. Maybe that's how you've treated Jesus as an object of fun. I did for a period in my life, made jokes about Jesus, poked fun at the followers 
of Jesus. I thought it was fair game. I thought it was enjoyable with others to do that. Rejection of Jesus by them, by us. We're finding these two talks that the passage of Philippians 2 that we read bridges both of them. It's a call for humble minds, but in doing so, it beautifully summarises the lowliness of Jesus. Have this mind among yourselves, which is also yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Lowliness, humiliation, shame, rejection, and yet it was permitted by Jesus. Jesus knew this was going to happen. Jesus was allowing it. He was laying down his life for others. At the start of the coronation yesterday, wonderfully, I thought, with the child saying something to the king and the king responding into, about coming not to be served but to serve, he's quoting from Mark 10, 45, which points to Jesus' sufferings. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was allowing this to happen so that his life would be a payment freeing others from the condemnation that they deserve, from the guilt that they have accumulated. In a, an amazing passage in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, anticipating the coming of Christ, it says this, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Jesus permitted it because through this he was dying instead of others. It was an act of love. Another picture I found, of course, is not the shape of the original but was this, the crown of thorns in a heart shape, symbolising that it was an act of love, Jesus permitting himself the shame and humiliation so that people like you and me, who have done wrong, who are distanced from God, can find a way of salvation if we put our trust in him. So you have then the crown of suffering to make a way of salvation as Jesus takes on himself the condemnation of sin for those who put their trust in him. And we're going to sing of this, the teaching, if you like, of this first crown as we come to our next song, which is Come and See, Come and See, Come and See the King of Love, See the Purple Robe and Crown of thorns he wears. We'll stand to see.
wonderful thing to know in a personal way, forgiveness through what Jesus did on the cross. I wonder if you know that for yourself personally. We come on to part two of the two crowns of Jesus. There's a, another crown um, talked of being associated with Jesus, which is a very different crown from the first one. It's mentioned specifically in crown terms in Hebrews 2 and verse 9, although the, sort of, the sentiments behind it are in many, many places. In Hebrews 2 and verse 9, it says, Jesus, crowned with glory and honour. Jesus, crowned with glory and honour. We have the crown of honour, the crown of honour. If you, your view of Jesus remains with him on the cross, then you really have got the wrong end of the stick. You've really got a half a story which is inadequate, very inadequate in itself. The death of Jesus is not forgotten in this. The, the context of this verse is following on from the death of Jesus. In fact, the death of Jesus enhances this sense of honour. Jesus continues after his death and in his death he has accomplished a victory over sin, over Satan, over death. He is welcomed, if you like, as the king who has triumphed. That's the, the imagery we had in that sort of male and female song that we sang, Psalm 24, Old Testament, but pointing forward to somebody who's conquered and returned and received and acknowledged in an extra way as king. His death is not forgotten, but now here crowned with glory and honour. And our bridge chapter, our bridge passage, Philippians 2, takes us there. We read up to verse 8 where he was experiencing even death on the cross. And then it, it carries on in verse 9. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name. We're talking honour here. The crowns yesterday were crowns of honour. Highest honour. Priceless almost. St Edward's crown crafted with solid gold which made it so heavy. The imperial state crown with over 3,000 precious gems as part of its design. Jesus in a place of honour. Therefore God has highly exalted him. Jesus is considered now in a very high place. We often think in terms of height as a place of honour, don't we? Top of the class, a top of the league. Jesus in a place of highest honour, highly exalted beyond a CBE, beyond an OBE, beyond an MBE, beyond a knighthood, 
a status of honour which is unparalleled and almost uncomparable taken by Jesus. And he's given a name not in mockery by the soldiers of this large battalion around him, not sneering king of the Jews, but given by his father. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. What is that name that he is acknowledged with and recognised by? We're not told yet. In verse 10 it carries on. So that at the name of Jesus, it's higher than any other name. He has a high name. But in recognition of that high honour, it leads to a, a reaction. It should lead to a reaction and it will lead to a reaction in the hearts and minds of others. And it's difficult, I think, for us to fully enter into this, isn't it? Because in our culture, we have very little respect, don't we, for authority and majesty these days. And also, although we were impressed with what happened yesterday, uh, King has limited power in our arrangement of government in this country in this time. And, and so we're thinking of what happened yesterday, which is a place of limited honour and limited majesty, but we're using it as a springboard to see what the Bible is teaching here about Jesus. And these verses show that there, there, there should be and there will be a re reaction from our mouths. There will be honest adoration and acknowledgement. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name so that every tongue should confess. Not of mocking adoration, hell, king of the Jews, but of... Uh, a genuine realisation and acknowledgement of what should be said and honestly accredited to Jesus. There will be a reaction of the knee. There will be humble bows. There should be humble bows. There will be humble bows. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess. Not like the mocking bows of the soldiers, but out of a real sense of deference, an awesome sense of his highness. I don't know if you noticed yesterday, but as the king came down, uh, arriving in the scene in Westminster Abbey, and many of the people and the aisles did, did bow. I don't think it was planned. I don't think it was on the order of service, but there were little bows. And, and as he came down, that, that felt the right thing for them to do, to make some form of bow to the king who was passing them. As part of the ceremony yesterday, it was quite moving, wasn't it? That people in positions of authority did bow before the king. 
So you had the Archbishop of Canterbury uh, uh, kneeling down before the king after all that had gone on with the vows that the king had taken. He bowed before the new coronated king and then Prince William, his son, bows before the king and pays homage by kissing the king. And the Bible tells us that every knee will bow before Jesus, the high king. Jesus was crucified, but he was resurrected. He was ascended. He was exalted. He was enthroned. There is an incomparable highness to the position of Jesus, where he has returned as victor after defeating death and sin and evil powers. And every knee will bow before him. Whether they did in this life or not. Chairman Mao, Karl Marx, King Charles, Queen Elizabeth, Mohammed, Dawkins, Biden, Putin, you and I will bow before the enthroned, exalted, honourable Jesus. You and I will confess with an honest adoration of his highness. You and I will humble ourselves before him. For some it will just be the willing extension of what's happened in this life. For others, it will be the uh, the coming of Jesus in spite of a life's opposition and resistance to the good governance of God and his word. And it will precede final judgment. Jesus is super exalted. There is a great distinction of his honour. He is beyond the premiership in highness. He is crowned with glory and honour. St Edward's crown has a cross on top, deliberately acknowledging that over the monarch of the UK is a greater king, the king of kings and lord of lords. The sovereign orb, if you saw that as well, also had a cross on top, establishing that there is a greater, a higher monarch. This is all in fulfilment of what was prophesied in Isaiah 45, anticipating this time and talking of God the Saviour, where it says in 45 verses 22 and 23, Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. What is this name, this high name? It's been building up to it, but we haven't got there yet. We get to it at last at the end of verse 11. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
Jesus is Lord. The Greek word curious is used in different ways, but by far the most frequent way that it is used, indeed over 6,000 times in the Greek Old Testament, is for God. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. The Isaiah reference makes that plain. Jesus always has been God. The Son came to earth. He was in a glorious, honourable position. But now, having gone through the cross and achieved salvation for others, there is almost extra acknowledgement, an extra aspect. And it says, Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Is your knee bowing to him now? Is your tongue confessing that? Have you got this right view of Jesus? See, there are two crowns. And both are key to who Jesus is. Um, if Charles yesterday just had one crown, well, we could have lived with that, couldn't we, if he wore the imperial state crown all the way through wouldn't be a big deal would it just one crown that's enough that would be okay but it's not like that here with Jesus we need to grasp the truth behind both crowns have you grasped the truth behind both crowns if you just have the first you have a Jesus who acted like a saviour who suffered but died If you just have the second, you just have a, a, a high king view of Jesus, but you have no account of his sufferings on behalf of others. The first may lead to some form of faith, but, but not the authority demanding repentance. The second leads to repentance, but perhaps not the endearment and a reason for faith. But Jesus has the two crowns, the crown of suffering and the crown of honour. Have you grasped both? Have you believed both? If you've believed both these things about Jesus, then you started to grasp about the real Jesus. And what a great thing that is to grasp on this coronation weekend. I hope you will grasp both aspects in a personal way in your heart. We're going to sing together another song very much on the, the second theme, although it brings in the first, which reminds us of the honour of Jesus, the honourable crown. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess him, King of glory now.
thank you for the amazing humble love of Jesus which endured such suffering and mockery in order to be our saviour out of love to die instead of others. And we're amazed at the highness of the risen, ascended, exalted, enthroned Lord Jesus. Glad to be pointed to him this morning. And we pray that it will capture in our hearts a sense of genuine praise and adoration, of humbling before him, of willing to serve him, seeing that he is the king of glory and king of love. We pray in his name. Amen.